Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. This is going to be sweet. <laughs> it's been such a wonderful morning. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to read a, a passage to you, and then uh, we're going to... Uh, everybody say this. Being the Lord's completely. Being the Lord's completely. That's what I, I want to touch on this. Being the Lord's people completely. Um, James chapter 4. Uh, there was a few verses before you get to verse 5 that talk about not being involved in quarreling and stuff and in, in, in being friendships with the world and all stuff like that. But this uh, opening uh, verse here, it says, Does the Scripture mean nothing to you? This is the Passion Translation. That says, The Spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. Wow. Does the Scripture mean nothing to you that says, the Spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us? That's powerful, isn't it? See, in the, in the context of today... There's all kinds of falling away and all kinds of things. And so the Lord wants us to be so knitted and so close to Him. So it continues, it says, He continues to pour out more and more grace upon us, for it says, God resists you when you are proud, but continually pours out grace when you are humble. So then surrender to God. Stand up to the devil and resist him, and he'll flee in agony. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he'll, he will come even closer to you. But make sure you cleanse your life, you sinners, and keep your heart pure and stop doubting. Feel the pain of your sin. Be sorrowful and weep. Let your joking around uh, be turned in the morning and your joy into deep humiliation. Be willing to be made low before the Lord, and he will exalt you. And this concept of jealousy, the Lord's jealousy, it's not like man's jealousy. You know, man's jealousy is, is um, completely different. This is, his is a pure, pure based on the, his, his desire for us. Just imagine this. Father God pours out, and we're going to get into this a little bit, but he pours out all of this love of his to us through Jesus Christ. And he pays the ultimate sacrifice for you and I to come to know him. So the jealousy is all wrapped around us responding in kind to the, sa the, the same level of love that he poured out. He wants us to catch. And nobody can love the Lord unless the Lord puts the love in there. You know, we're all lost as a duck in high weeds. You know, we don't have a clue. But the Lord comes searching for us and put, begins to awaken us. And how many of you have been awakened in your heart? And you begin to realize, God, I can love God, but there's all this stuff so we're going to talk about the stuff and now get back. I'm going to come back to this idea of the jealousy part in a little bit. But Jesus came to put on full display uh, the profound and transformative love of the Father. Our hearts are designed to live in the fullness of His love. Just like a fish is made to live in the water and not on the land. So your heart is made to live in the river or let's say the fullness of of God's personal love for you. Just tell your heart, God has a personal love for you. 
the fullness of this love. You can't live without being in the fullness of that love. You die, you dry up and die. Jesus continually lived in the fullness of the Father's love, in his personal love, completely. And it was complete until and unbroken until one moment. This one moment in his life, and that was that moment on the cross. And in that moment when Jesus cried out, remember when Jesus on the cross, he said, my God, let's say that, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Remember, this, this is the moment. At that moment, he entered into the anguishing suffering of every human soul. He went right into the, the, the deep sense of being cut off from love's hope. And right there, he stared into the abyss of an eternity separated. Just like we, everybody who's lost has no, stares into the abyss of an eternity separated from the author of life. There's no hope. You're completely without any help at all. And Jesus faced that moment. And in that moment, all of mankind's failures, from the wretched, perverse sin to and the demonically led, abhorrent abuses that were placed on him. You know the kind of abuses that render the severest pain to a little girl, the severest pain to a little boy. These kind of abuses that are in the world. All of that pain put on Jesus. All the pain that anybody could go through, put on Jesus. He can relate, see? That kind of pain that injects bitterness into the foundation of your personality. There are people that grow up and they're just bitter. Horrible things happened when they were little and they're just bitter. They don't know why. Jesus took all that on him. He took all that suffering on himself. To break the power of those roots of bitterness in the human soul. To put the sword of his spirit down to the core of your being and take out those things that hinder his love from having the full place of rulership inside of us. I just heard a hallelujah. I think it was an angel. I don't know sure. The kind of pain that weights the soul with untold crushing heaviness. It's in the culture today. And Jesus felt this kind of pain physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So at that moment, Jesus entered into the depth of our heart's pain, our heart's losses, and our heart's miseries. Aren't you glad for Jesus? So no one can ever say that Jesus doesn't know how I feel. Oh, yes, he does. He not only knows what you feel like, he's there with a resurrected hand. Held out to you to lift you from the grave of your failures and to introduce you to the Father in heaven who cherishes you more than your mind can conceive. The profound love of the Father is, listen to this, guys, it's bewildering to a newly freed captive. You just can't comprehend the level of love that he loves you with. You can't wrap your head around it. The love of the Father is so hard to comprehend that since your heart has been literally on this dried up riverbank so long that you don't have any spiritual knowledge of his love. He's got to pour it into you. So after he does a little bit of it, 
You let your mind go ahead and whirl around a little bit and take a few years to taste and see that the Lord's good. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> it takes time to, to, to grow into the fullness of this love. You go, it's too good to be true. And then you go back to your old stuff trying to figure out life on your own. Oh, it's just horrible, horrible, horrible. How many of you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? You come to understand the Father. Look, the Father is not the author of confusion in your life. He's the restorer of clarity of who you are. And the clarity increases when you come to know the love that he loves you through and through and through. And this love is forever. Your whole identity begins to be formed from this new foundation of love from him, in him, through him, to you. How many of you appreciate being loved by perfect love? Let's just lift our heads and say, thank you, Lord. Just go ahead and settle in your heart. I'm going to pursue the one who pursues me. I'm going to be like Paul. I'm going to go, I'm going after it. I'm going to go after the Lord's love in the same way that he loved me. Praise you, Jesus. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says that, uh, declares this, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Everybody say domain of darkness. And he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. I want to just take a little moment here. The domain of darkness comes with varying degrees of commitment to it. Some people are hassled by it. And some people... Make it their identity. They just want to be bad. People who get into witchcraft, they're looking for answers. <laughs> when we lived in Austin, well, Round Rock, Texas, we were uh, going down to this kind of outdoor festival thing, and there was a tent, and there was a, a lady there apparently reading tarot cards or something for people. Which is an open door for demons to enter your life if you don't know that or not. And we, we, didn't, we weren't even like praying or preaching or singing or anything. We're just walking by. But light shines out of the believer. And this lady comes out of that tent and starts cussing us out in Spanish. I'm going, what the heck? And I looked up and I thought, oh, she's of the devil. No wonder. She's kind of ticked off, you know. I wish I'd, at this time, I said, oh, I would have probably poured love on her and invited the Holy Spirit to prophesy something and say, oh, when you were 13, you know, <laughs> just kind of go in and, uh, you know, let the Lord begin a healing process, you know, something. You know, I'm a little older now. I can pull that off now. Hallelujah. But some people, uh, there's, uh, there's this the level of deception. Deception comes through hardness of heart. It comes through uh, these confusions that people open up to. And every now and again, you run into somebody who's just full of the devil, just full of it. So what does a person um, who is full of the devil look like? Here's, here's kind of a clue here. First, we must acknowledge the role of pride. Everybody say Pride. I have a little fancy definition, which is the exaltation of the puniness of your ego above the intrinsic worth of every other human being and God himself. You just think you're something. 
and you're nothing. The blind rule of personal selfishness provides an unwitting yoking to the devil. People who get into the pride and put, you can see it all, you can see it everywhere. Can't you? I thought I'd just equip you a little bit and say, oh, that's of the devil. Yeah, that's because it doesn't have the heart, the serving, loving uh, heart and capacity of Jesus. So there's folks in that. Now look, um, Jesus said it this way. He spoke to the blindness. He said, this is Matthew 16, 26 out of the Passion Translation. For even if you were to gain all the wealth and power of the world at the cost of your own life, what good would that be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? See, people get to the, the deception is such a bad trade-off. You end up down the road and you're under this. <sighs> How many of you went down, lived under it for a long time? A long time. It's either pride or fear. Those two things can really, they're just selfishness, self-centeredness. Anyway. I want to jump, uh, got a, I was thinking of going past, no, this is just a little place here. So Moses, I wanted to say these, just say it. Moses, um, it said that he, would, he preferred the certainty of faith above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures. It says in Hebrews. So Moses decided that the affliction to be associated with God's people was greater in his heart than the fleeting pleasures of sin. Everybody say fleeting pleasures of sin. Sin has pleasures, but they're fleeting. Now everybody just, let's go ahead and say this. When you, just repeat this with me. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, you will reap. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap destruction. You will reap corruption. Everybody say decay, moral decay, perishing, destruction. It, how long does it take for that to reap See, I just read an article the other day of a designer who had been in an alternate lifestyle 30 years, 30 years, 30 years. And I've written Charisma. And um, he had been on different TV shows, making clothes, but he, he, he went through relationships, relationships, relationships. And finally, it's like, is this going to be my life? Going to parties and getting high, is this it? And so after 30 years of investment into what he thought, what he was made of, what he was made for, he's empty. When you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. So someday it comes about where, okay, I'm fed up with what I'm doing. 30 years it was for him. Walks into a Starbucks one day, Christians sitting over there, reading their Bibles, having a little Bible study. Hey, is homosexuality a sin? And they looked up at him, and I'm, th- I'm sure they had the right spirit. Because sometimes people ask that question, and the way they ask it is to set a trap. I think about things like that. Say, are you a homosexual? Or is your heart full of joy? Are you happy? I'm not trying to be condemning because sometimes people ask that question and they're just devastated. They're sick of their life. Hey, how's drugs working out for you? Are you happy? 
Is it working? Pick, how's alcohol work? Is it, is it filling your heart up with the, the joy of the Lord? No, there's a season. It's pleasure for a season. Every single sin starts to work a corruption inside of you. Is that right? And then you go get another one. And then you go get another one. And then you go get another one. And suddenly you're just, you're just, you're eating up. You're just eating up. This guy, he, he went to their church the next day. And uh, he went down to the altar. He couldn't help it. It was like he was just drawn, like, just drawn into the presence of God. And the power of God's love went inside of him. He said, this is the love I've been looking for my whole life, my whole life. That's what we want. I don't want to live a condemning, I don't want a condemning gospel. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not here to convict you of your sins. I'm here to love you unto wholeness. Right? Hello? So I don't run out picking fights on social media. It's not my thing. It's not my, it's not my jam. Now, I want to run back quickly to that little statement about, I'll scroll up here, and here's that little statement. Ready? Does the Scripture mean nothing to you that says the Spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us? This jealousy. Now, the Lord kind of quickened this idea to me, so we'll just go ahead and run through this. This is Ezekiel chapter 8. I want to do my best to shorten it up, but this, this is out of the New Living Translation. Buckle up. Here we go. Then on September 17th, during the sixth year of the king Jehoiakim's captivity, while the leaders of Judah were in the, my home, the, this is so funny. Ezekiel has super spiritual experiences. So just imagine what this looks like. He said, the sovereign, look took, the sovereign Lord took hold of me. I saw a figure that appeared to be a man, but what appeared to be his waist down, he looked like a burning flame. From the waist up, he looked like a gleaming am, amber. And he reached out. It seemed to be a hand, and he took me by the hair. <laughs> and then the Lord lifted me up into the sky, and he transported me to Jerusalem in a vision from God. I was taken to the north gate of the inner courtyard of the temple where there was a large idol that was made, that has made the Lord very jealous. Suddenly, the glory of God of Israel was there, just as I had seen it in the valley before in the valley. Then the Lord said to me, Son of man, look to the north. And so I looked, and there to the north, beside the entrance of the gate near the altar, stood the idol that had been, uh, that had made the Lord so jealous. Son of man, he said, do you see what they're doing? Do you see the detestable sins that the people of Israel are committing to drive me from my temple? But come, and you will see even more detestable sins than these. And then he brought me to the door of the temple courtyard where I could see a hole in the wall. And he said, now, son of man, dig into that hole. 
And he began to dig. He said, so I dug in the wall and found a hidden doorway. Go in, he said, and see the wicked and detestable sins that are, they're committing in there. So I went in and saw the walls covered with engravings of all kinds of crawling animals and detestable creatures. And I saw the various idols worshipped by the people of Israel. Seventy leaders of Israel were standing there with these, these other guys. And each of them had an incense burner from which a cloud of incense rose above their heads. And the Lord said, Son of man, have you seen what the leaders of Israel are doing with these idols in dark rooms? They're saying the Lord doesn't see us. He has deserted our land. The Lord added, come, and I will show you even more detestable sins. What's going on is this. He's saying, dig a little deeper and see. Now, here's what I want to flip it in and say to you and me. Would you open to the Lord to dig in your life? Would you lift your head right now and say, go a little deeper. Go a little deeper. I want to. I want to. I want to respond. I want to be knitted together with the God that's jealous of my love and wants more and more of me. I don't want detestable things in my life. I don't want things hidden that are there behind where I got this attitude that the Lord can't see me. Would you listen? Let's go ahead and lift our heads to the Lord just for a moment. Holy Spirit, you came and sent angels a minute ago. And you knew I was going to speak on this. And I'm going to ask that you would come and take out detestable things, even now. As the Spirit of the Lord is here, and we renounce involvement in our thought life with anything that holds us in a secret place. You said all those secret things will be revealed anyway. But we just ask Holy Spirit, give us a spirit of repentance in the name of Jesus. Grant us a spirit of repentance. Grant us a spirit of repentance. There's nothing in me that knows of anything. I don't know of anything that anybody is doing. I don't have any clue of any of that. This is what I know. The Holy Spirit said, share this passage. I will work. Open the Word of God. Dig into the wall. Find the door. Repent. Let's praise Him right now. Determine in your heart, my life will be spent loving the Lord with the same jealous love that He has for me. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to play patty cake with the world. 
I'm not going to go down that way. I'm not going to live with a detestable idol that provokes the Lord and causes His love to run out the door of the temple of my heart. Wow, I just saw something. Just lift your heads up. Lift your heads up. I feel like the, those angels, they're just coming with the sensors with fire on them. Just let them put fire into your spirit right now. Let them come and put fire into the core of who you are. Let them release the holy presence of God, a purging, releasing fire from heaven. You feel the difference in the room now. Let's go ahead and receive it. Say, Lord, burn out every single detestable thing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Fire of God, come. Fill this place. Fill every heart. Thank you for your ministry to us. Praise you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and stand together. If you um, want to do a little bit more, the, the altar, what I'm saying is the altar here is available. Sometimes when you are touched by the Lord, you say, you know what, I just want to spend a little bit more time. We are very sensitive to the Lord working in our hearts. If you feel like the Lord is uh, reigniting something of this, His intense love for you, would you lift your hand? You want to open to His intense love for you in a deeper way. Thank you, Lord. Release the fire, we pray. Release the fire. Just stand here for a moment. There's something going on by the, in the Holy Spirit here. Hallelujah. I feel like the Lord is taking away. Uh, let me go ahead and tell you this. There was a... Um, I did, when I got up this morning, I didn't feel right. And the, the thought process was, there's something wrong with you. And I know in front of Father God, there's nothing wrong with me. But because, you know, my knee's getting better and maybe, you know, Heather discerned because we're doing our spiritual warfare tonight at another church, there was just some ramping up of the adversary against me. I told Emmy before we left the house, I said, you know what? I asked the Lord what was going on and I saw a principality trying to eclipse the sun. The sun would be Jesus is the son of righteousness, of the total affirming love of God. And this adversary said, I want to take away some of the free flow of love that he lives in. And I want to con create condemnation. I believe the Lord is taking that work of darkness out of our hearts, out of this place, taking condemnation out of our lives. Can you receive that? For the Lord loves you with such a perfect love, even on your worst day, He is so cherishes you through and through and through. 
He loves you like you can never imagine. He cherishes you to the core of who you are. Let the Lord burn off every condemning thing right now. Hallelujah. Let's praise you. Oh, baby, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, this is not a place where we say, try harder. Let condemnation flood your soul because you don't measure up. Hey, nobody measures up. None. There's none righteous. No, not one. But Jesus Christ has taken all of our failure and put it on his back and said, I'm going to take my A plus and I'm going to take your F and we're going to swap. I'm going to give you my A plus and I took your F to the cross. Let's praise him. Go ahead and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. None. Do you know that next phrase that said, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit was added because a scribe couldn't imagine that there was a period there? There's no condemnation in Christ ever. It's not dependent on you. It's dependent on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the fire fall in your heart. Let, your, let, let a bosom, a burning in your heart rise up with the, with the same vigor and flame that the Lord loves you with and came after your life. Because it will burn out every addictive spirit, every loss. Something happened right there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. We just, just open to him, open to him, open to him. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have further questions, if you're new to us and you want uh, more uh, ministry, come on down. If you want to come to the altar for a minute, we're just going to dismiss now, but this has been a wonderful morning in every way. Thank you, Jesus. Love on each other. You're dismissed. Praise the Lord.